The following program, the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Accident Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Accident Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickers. Well, good morning and welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, Father's Day Edition 2023. I'm Brian Wickert, the licensed real estate broker with AccuNet Realty Advisors and also the majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage, along with my son, David, who is our senior loan consultant and the managing owner and chief client experience officer at AccuNet Mortgage. And a very happy Father's Day to you, David. And to you, Dad. 35 years ago, you became a dad, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That means you're turning 35 this fall. All right. That's a lot of Father's Days. I'm looking forward, you know, to getting my gift later today. So um, I can't wait to see what you've uh, gotten me. A very nice card. Oh, very nice card. Oh, that's great. If you have a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. All right. Well, uh, David, it was a momentous week. Uh, here this last week on Tuesday, we got the latest inflation report called the Consumer Price Index, followed on Wednesday by the Federal Reserve, uh, which which uh, headline potential mortgage rate influencing event do you want to tackle first? I want to start with inflation because it definitely then cemented what was going to happen on Wednesday. So on Tuesday at 7.30 in the morning, what's the name of the guy who used to report this on CNBC? Or was he the jobs guy only? I'll I'll think about it, but he's retired. (laughs) Anyway, go on. So uh, the Consumer Price Index, which measures inflations for a number of baskets of goods of like 20,000 different goods, beer, bread, uh, and everything in between, that came in lower than expected. So that increased 4.0% year over year. And that made everybody feel good. Like uh, we're good, headed, yeah, we're good headed enough. In the right direction. That, yeah, that we're we are we continue to tackle inflation. Wasn't it a year ago uh, for the May reading uh, that it was nine point one percent, or That's, or was that the June reading? I mean, it was summertime last year. It was the summertime, most yeah. painful moments months. Right. All right, so we're trying out to, to get it down to two percent. And remember, folks, it's not the Federal Reserve that's making mortgage rates go higher. It's inflation. Because inflation is the enemy of interest rates. It eats away at the uh, lender's true return. So the Federal Reserve has been raising, raising, raising rates in order to try to cool down the economy, essentially take money out of our pockets as consumers. Yeah. And they're certainly doing so, uh, especially I was talking to a car dealer, a friend of mine, and boy, payments on cars are way up. So you want to talk about a real bite in the wallet there. Um, So we're trying to slow down the economy. And uh, what did they do the one Wednesday? They had a chance to raise rates again. Did they do it? So the Fed, when they released their results or their meeting notes from their two-day meeting on Wednesday, they said, okay, last time we we toggled the Fed funds rate to between five and five and a quarter, and here now we will do nothing. 
We're okay. going to pause. We're going to skip. We're going to wait because we'd like to see more data because we think our previous actions are starting to work and we'd like to take some time and further review. Hey, is that because it, it looked like, hey, yesterday, Tuesday, looks like it's starting to work. So we're going to pause here on Wednesday when those notes came out. And the headline that came out then in Realtor.com in my uh, library of headline malpractice was this, quote, the Fed just gave the housing market a break. Mortgage rates are poised to fall by this much. What? How much was the this much in their... Uh, uh, frog hair. I mean, they, they oh, went okay. on to uh, quote Realtor.com chief economist Danielle Hale is saying, well, we think that maybe mortgage rates are going to move down by the end of this year into the low 6% range. Uh, of course, unless they don't. And we- <laughs> So, so what? Let's let's cut to the chase, David. What actually happened in the real world? Given that the Fed did what everybody expected, by the way, which was nothing. Um, and yeah, what, I'm what looking happened? at the chart. I'm looking at the chart of what mortgage pricing did on Wednesday, and I'm uh, my my synopsis is shrug, shrug. And so, that, where did we end up the week? Do you have those numbers handy, or do we need uh, to do that uh, uh, number? Crunch? We can we can come back to that, but it's it's rates remain. I'm going to call mid sixes, and and what it's it's all about balancing. Uh, I think in this rate environment, I had a client get an accepted offer this week. Hey, well, that still happens. Well, yes. but what I what we always do, Dad, is I I put this. Actually, quite big range. I think I had five nine nine, you know, on okay. in column one, paying but paying too many points to buy down the rate. And what's a point, David? That's a a point is prepaid interest that you're paying in advance to artificially lower the interest rate for the life of the loan. Okay, and can you ever get that money back? No, no, you're, okay. you're paying it up because because the contrast was. On the right side, these folks were buying a medium-sized house, was 6.875%. APR was 6.92. But that had no points for them. And without my prompting, they were like, oh, well, we're going to take the uh, column three because that's got lower cost because they don't want to spend the money is the nicest way to say it. In column one, to artificially lower the rate. What if rates come down? In the next one to two How's years. about this? That was... What about when rates come down in Ooh, the next year go. or so? Then they'll be able to get that lower rate for free. All right. You had another conversation with a first-time home shopper just starting out that we started to talk about last week. The son of a long time, like one of our original customers. Now their kid is old enough to buy a home. Let's talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And we're back. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder, and that's uh, my son over there here on this uh, Father's Day. My one and only son, and that is uh, the younger, taller, more handsome David Wickert. I actually had a real estate agent friend of mine tell me they ran into you, and he commented on how handsome you were, and I said, well, he takes after his mother. Clearly. All right. So, David, last week during the show, uh, you know, we were talking about, hey, having in business, been in business now for 24 years, mm-hmm. we are to the point where we have customers who are now sending their grown children to Accident Mortgage for their first time home buying experience. Darcy, I think we've also had some grandchildren. Yes. 
come our way, but uh, mostly that next generation. And so this is uh, a son and future daughter-in-law who I think were looking at initially buying a um, family-owned home that's now yes. up for sale. Take it from there, David. What happened? Well, and so that's what started their whole you know conversation. They're they're just getting going. I'm going to say in their professional careers, they had a uh, grandparents pass away, and so the home that they owned is either going to be you know listed for sale to a stranger, or the opportunity arose from family conversations. Hey, you know, do you guys want to buy this house? And that's what makes it real. I think for any home shopper, right, is when it's a specific house and and you're looking at it. And particularly, they have memories. I think in sure, this family sure. home, a little emotional time. Yeah, exactly. So we connected at uh, eight o'clock on uh, Monday night, and we started to walk through the math because i so the price point for this family home uh was above half a million dollars but in the five starts with the number five starts with the number five and you know we 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 started to get into the numbers because the answer that they were seeking was can we do this okay what was the answer well, cause I was, what I was going to say was, as of a month ago, they weren't thinking about this, and now that it's become real, mm-hmm. my answer was, yes, kind of. Kind of in what way? Would they be really super stretching? Like they would be super high? They'd be really stretching. Financial blood pressure. Okay. Like, can I make it work on paper? Mm-hmm. Yes. With, I need you to pay off both your cars and oh. this one other thing. Basically, zero out your bank accounts, and then on paper, I can qualify you for this house, but okay. you will need to eat ramen noodles you know, okay. every night. All right. So the real answer is you shouldn't buy this particular house. By the way, did you know that your mother and I considered buying uh, Frank and Clara Wickert's home really? on Bolivar? Was it on Bolivar? No, Griffin Avenue. Way back? That, yeah, way back. Yeah, and and Audrey, who worked at North Shore Bank at the time, was yeah. kind of like the mortgage counselor who was like sending me articles. Oh, here's what you need to make for the article. Anyway, so that there's a it is not an uncommon thing to say. No. Well, you know, because I wanted to consider buying it for sentimental reasons. You know, yeah, because I'm a softy. All right, but go on. So back to our our new first time homebuyer. What did you settle in on? in terms of a price range that would be more realistic for them. Well, and that's exactly it. It was on paper. I can qualify you for this Jagundis payment. But mm-hmm. then but then in real life, they're looking now in more the mid threes. Which is still a nice house. That's a nice house. And, you know, they've got, I'm going to call it, many tens of thousands of dollars to... Ooh. Uh, use for down payment okay obviously it's that balance point between like they want to make a nice down payment so they feel comfortable but also have some money left over because i think it is just baked into the karma when you buy a house i I think the ac unit probably goes out within one year and you got to go pay for that or something like that the dad had talked to me and and what about the idea of a duplex he you know all many a milwaukeean has started out by purchasing their First home as a duplex, living in one unit, renting out the other. Did you have time to talk about that yet? We did. And you know what was interesting is the conversation, I'm going to say, was mostly agnostic 
regarding single family versus duplex because they had about I'm going to call it about like a 10% down payment. Okay. And so really it would come down to the specific prop they they could do either. You know, and if it came down to the specific property, that would then dictate it wasn't necessarily the property type itself. It was going to be, do we like this place? Hmm. Because they fit within a couple of the parameters for a two-unit home. Okay. Uh, such that it, it, in in conversation with them, it didn't feel like a driving uh, factor. Okay. But they would consider it if, if the right house popped up. All right. Well, they got some homework to do. Uh, what I was going to say. So my 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 only my only other thing. Our conversation is is ongoing. Uh, they messaged me actually earlier this morning regarding getting to twenty percent down payment. Ooh, and you know, okay. hey, we want to get there. We're not quite there. Should we wait? Should we jump into it? I want to tackle just a little bit of that after we take this break. Uh, you're listening to the Father's Day edition of the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Brian over there. Dad, we were describing this young couple getting going on their home shopping uh, journey. And the message that they, they texted to me, because that's what you can do at Accident Mortgage. You can text your loan officer. You're not uh, an officer. You're a consultant. A consultant. I'm both. You're not going to arrest anybody. <laughs> Stop in the name of mortgage. There you go. Uh, All right. So, so they texted you with what question? So they highlighted, they're like, you know what? We think we'd really like to get to 20% down on our home purchase. Hmm. And, and what that means, we need to save up some more, maybe by sometime early next year. Okay. And so, you know, hey, on a $350,000 house, they got maybe, let's call it 10% down. Shoot, that means saving up another $35,000 yeah. between now and whatever that deadline timeline is that they want to buy that house. I know, I know I'm biased, but what would your first draft be in helping my, them unpack that? Okay, my my first question is, what is their current living situation? Are they in a lease? Do they are they renting month to month? Are they living? They with are living uh, rent free, I think, uh, ahead of their upcoming wedding as well. Oh, I see. So, um, well, I think the the answer would be, don't let that be an obstacle. You know, if if because it doesn't need to be. So, two things. I already talked to the dad. And he's perfectly willing to help with gift money. Sure. And maybe they don't know that yet. Or, you know, a lot of times people don't want to do that. They want to do that on their own. So, you know, I just think it's it's a life question for them. You know, certainly they don't have to because, A, how's, how good is their credit? Pretty good. Uh, high 700s. Oh, high 700s. So, yeah. so the reason why people think they want to put 20% down is to avoid the cost of private mortgage insurance, which yeah. takes the place of that extra down payment that you're not making when you put 5 or 10 or 15% down. So their cost of their private mortgage insurance would be minimal because of their good credit. Then the second thing that I put in my playbook, though, is, you know, if your dad's willing to give you a gift, A, we should definitely document that on paper no matter what. Yes. Because bigger down payment is always better in the eyes of the seller when they're evaluating those three offers. Go ahead. You got a comment on that? 
I was going to, sorry, I wanted to quantify your PMI comment. Hey, instead of having to save up the next 10%, $35,000 in my example, yeah. Yeah. your PMI would only cost you 68 bucks a month. Whew. Okay. I just not- think is it's not hundreds, and maybe that's the unknown fear. The PMI means hundreds of dollars. Hundreds like, of dollars. No, yeah. it, is, it is cheap. And then theoretically, hey, you can save the money in the meantime. Um, you know, because maybe what you're going to avoid by buying now rather than early next year is another 5% increase in home prices. Mm-hmm. Think about that, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't see, from our perspective in southeastern Wisconsin, any um, let up in price increases, uh, you know, for buying homes because of the supply and demand occasion. You know, equation, equation, not occasion, yeah. the equation. And, and so, you know, they don't have to wait. If they want to wait and they're looking for an excuse, that's as good as one as any. But yes. if they don't want to wait, they don't have to. Exactly. Well, you know what's funny? Uh, this past week, the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors came out with their May numbers for home sales, hmm. matched basically spot on with what we described last week, that there remains a dearth of listings. And if home values are an equation of uh, supply and demand, yeah. And there's not enough supply, which is going to continue to be put an upward pressure on prices, either this year or next year for this young couple, for example. Now, assuming you don't have anything else that you want to share about that particular story, let's talk about this idea we started to tickle last week, or actually the last couple of shows, which is, hey, I told everybody last week that darn near 7 out of 10 homes in the five-county Milwaukee metro area sold for over the asking price Yeah, in May. Okay, and like half of them sold for ten grand or more, and so you know you've been out there kind of hyperbolically saying, "Well, I think every house should be listed for a dollar, and then the market will just tell you." Philosophically, not hyperbolically, philosophically. Okay, philosophically, and and so I took the liberty of calling one of the best real estate agent team leaders in southeastern Wisconsin, and posed the question: Like, how bad is everybody at pricing houses? You know, from the listing agent, you know, if if yeah. they're all selling or seven-tenths of them are once again selling for over the asking price. Yeah. And so we had a nice conversation about what are the rubrics, what are the fundamentals in this market of coming up with the right listing price. Um, and so I'm going to share those nuggets with you uh, after we come back from this news break. And right now, it's time to turn it over to the 24-hour newsroom. Take it away. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, Father's Day edition. And uh, by the way, my my mom and dad helped with our first down payment. We were talking about first-time homebuyers and yeah. helping out. I so did get, mine. Oh, <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. So there's a don't let that opportunity uh, go un, unsatisfied. Untapped. Ask mom yeah. and dad, grandma and grandpa for a gift to help you become that first-time homebuyer. Well, we were talking about how is it that 7 out of 10, 68% of homes in the five-county metropolitan Milwaukee area in May sold for more than the listing price. Does that mean that listing agents are 
intentionally underpricing? Are they mispricing? So I picked up the phone and I talked to Isam El Safi, who is with Shorewest Realtors and the longtime leader of the El Safi team. Yeah. He runs a team and they sell a lot of homes. And, and I said, you know, what's what's going on with this? And he said, well, no, agents aren't underpricing homes, mm-hmm. on, but if you're going to err on overpricing, you know, being too aggressive versus mm-hmm. being a little under, you're better off being a little under. We're sure. going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. But he says, you know, the typical seller, and we've said this as well, you know, they want a little bit more than whatever the Smiths next door just got for their house. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If the Smiths sold for $500,000, well, then I think we should go out there and ask 525. My grass is greener. I want 525. And so a talented agent's, listing agent's job is to help that seller see their property through the eyes of potential buyers, okay? And oh, realistically yeah. so. So, you know, one thing he says, hey, you know what you got to do? Where did the Smiths start out listing their property? Because if they listed it at 450 and got 500 that is not a license for you to list at 525 I got you. You need to learn from and say, oh, okay, well, you know, yeah, that's right. They, they may be underpriced a little bit. And then the marketplace took them to where it needed to be. And that was that, one theme. Go ahead. Your neighbor, you're, you're, in your point, you're only looking at the finish, and you need to look at both the start and the finish to understand how did that's they right. get to where they got. Uh, how yeah. did they get there? And then uh, secondly, um, you know, how similar is your house to the Smiths? Because maybe there are some things in the Smith home that are genuinely better. It's not just about square footage, bathroom, and bedroom count, uh-huh. right? Is there is it is it a better home? Is it more desirable uh, than your home? Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe yours is superior to that. So really having that um, unbiased as, or as unbiased as possible viewpoint of what are those comparable sales. And by the way, it's comparable closed sales that real estate appraisers use. Correct. To come up with their value. But here was the interesting thing, and maybe you know this already. He said the most important thing to do, this is Esam, is get in the car with their listing agent and go look at actual competing listings. Hey, oh. what's the competition? Like, right? a, like, a, like a pretend buyer. Right, right. And, you know, if you can't get in the car, don't have the time to do that, well, at least look at all the fabulous pictures online and maybe go sit in front of the house or take a look at it from the outside if you can't get in or don't want to go yeah, in. Yeah. But to look at what's the competition. And, and and then it occurred to me, Isam gave me that same exact advice in 2012 when we sold our home in Brookfield. Oh, okay. He said, Brian, let, let's look at the competing properties, you know, that you're going to be out there against. Yes. And how do you fit in? How do you fit in? Go ahead. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. It's not looking online is one thing. Other than getting in though in in person, I would be interested in the foot traffic of going to competing listings as well. Because if you're walking through a house and there's nobody in there, and it might be comparable to your home, that might inform what the appetite is for a house. You know, your house when you decide to stick the for sale sign in the yard. Correct. And then, you know, the other thing that I want to point out is when you're looking at competing properties, you know, if you're selling a 5,000 square foot, four bedroom, three bath home in Brookfield that's 30 years old, and it has the original, you know, kitchen cabinets in it, that beautiful oak, and, you know, it's still that kind of 30 year old design with a separate living room, a separate dining room, a separate family room, 
that is not the same property as a 5,000 square foot five-year-old home yeah. that has all modern open design and, you know, new finishes and, and things like that. So you've, you've got to really um, be cognizant of where you fit in. And, and a good real estate agent is going to help you understand where you fit in. And then I'm going to explain in this next segment why it's so important, and this is according to ESOM, but I've got some numbers to back it up. If you go out too aggressively, too high, that can really hurt you. I'll explain why when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. We're back, and don't forget you can call or text us on the Old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620, Old National Bank. Get old. I'm, I'm more than just a pretty face over here. Come on. All right. That's right. So we're talking about a conversation we had with um, Isam El-Safi, the leader of the El-Safi team over at Shorewest about, hey, how do you go about pricing in this market? And ultimately, he told me, you got to make sure number one sin is to price too high because it's really hard to recover from that. You know, once you're out there and you have no offers, it's like it's kind of like dating. You only have one chance for a good first impression. Sure. And if you get out there and like, mm, nobody's coming to see me. On Nobody's price, any offers, yeah. you're, you're saying you'd rather be like 98% correct on the actual value of the home rather than 103% overshot? Yeah. Correct. And, and, and I got a little data to, to back that up. But, but in general, then you got to trust the market. So you have to have your trusted advisor, your listing agent, who's really good at their job. Like you, you say listing agent, this sounds like a uh, an exercise in psychology more than anything else. Well, it totally is. It's a, this yeah. mix of facts and and then helping people understand how the market works. And then once you come up with a not too high price, the market should help you establish where it's ultimately going to end up. Sure. And, and it was another interesting thing. He said, you don't really want to get 20 offers because that pretty much tells you you underpriced it. Oh, I've had or, agents tell me they got a hundred phone calls in <laughs> in one weekend because I mean that's the appetite. You want to at least have two offers, right? So you have some sure. competition. It only and, takes one, but yeah, two that's right. Better. But you like to have two, maybe four or five well qualified buyers would be ideal uh, that are motivated and really want the place. But uh, the problem of overpricing is that now what do you do? And so I looked at remember in in May. Only one out of five of the closed sales in May sold for under the listing price. Sure. Because seven out of ten sold above. So only one out of five or 22% sold for under the um, listing price. And so I took a look at that subgroup and I said, let's, let's call those the overly optimistic sellers, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I said, well, how many of those folks, and the answer is about three out of ten, had to lower their price? prior to getting accepted offer. Okay. And so they had to lower it on average 7%. Well, if you take an average listing of 300, let's say you were overly optimistic, you went out there at 300, I <sighs> listed it too high. I got to cut it by 21 grand. So now I'm down to 279. Yeah. And then what happened to those folks? On average, they still didn't get that lower asking price. They had to go down another 5%. Okay. okay. So ultimately that $300,000 house that they were over optim overly optimistic at, they sold for 265. I then looked at the other group of people who did sell for under asking, but never had to do a price cut. Let's call those just a name, you know, not too overly optimistic. They only had to drop their price on average by 
Okay. So the people who came out way too hot ultimately had to drop 12%. It, it backs up Esam's claim. I was what I was thinking about was all right. Then I'm going to game the system. I'm going to yeah. list my house for five million dollars. Yeah, I'll give right. it a twenty percent discount to four million. Then I'll you know what? I'll sell it to you for three and a half, <laughs> which is still way more way than you more. ever should. Uh, anyway, it's 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 part emotion and you know yeah. and part fact, but I think it's important to. Have a trusted advisor that has experience in that submarket. Because remember, every market, you know, there's no I, one market. Correct. What I was thinking about is, and this, I'm this way, you're this way. You become blind to the things in your own house as well. And a of great course. agent, well, yeah, and a great agent works to give you a different pair of glasses with which to view your home. And you described it as seeing what the competition is, but also a great listing agent is going to be like, you. the color of this wall cannot be brown, or yeah. whatever it is, right, right. that you that we all become blind to, because we live the, in our homes every day. If you want to get the top price, then you want to have your home in top condition, you know. Exactly. That's, I think that's still true. So ultimately, Isam said, nothing has changed. You still have to do the fundamentals right, and you got to be careful not to overprice. Not just not change. It's not like it's changed from last month or last year. Nothing's changed in the last 10 years or 20 Correct. years. This That's is the exactly. artistry of listing the house for sale. So let's go to the flip side of, of that. You know, we're always working with the buyers, or mostly buyers, right? And so people are afraid to overpay, right? And so set us up for this, this story that you want, you want to tell. In the I, next I kind of have about. two stories. Okay, go. Well, because Tim, Tim noted this in our weeks when we did the show together, that it's overpaying is actually a two-sided coin. It's $10,000 to the seller, which is a, a big number in my example. Oh, 10000 But for you as a buyer, what we always point out is you don't have to. It's not, you're not cutting a $10,000 check. It's equating... I am going to pay this much over. What does that mean for my monthly payment? And uh -huh. viewing it through that lens as a buyer. So I want to get into those two stories here in our last segment. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM620 WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the last segment of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, Father's Day edition. Uh, so, Dad, okay, your choice, because I had two clients this past week. One's a grandma buying her next house and another, and then my other story is a young couple moving from out of state to the milwaukee area they're both about you know hey what does it take to win your choice on which of those stories to talk about press i'll go with a relocating family coming to wisconsin fantastic so you know what's funny about this they're relocating from the west coast Ooh. So these houses here in Milwaukee are the cheapest houses they've seen in 10 years. Wow. Given the amount of space you can get uh, compared to price. Okay. So they've listed their house for sale on the West Coast now. Do they and need to sell it in order to buy here? They do not, thankfully. Ooh, perfect. So their income is strong enough. They can swing both houses, and they've got the money in cash to make the down payment on their next house here in Milwaukee. By the way, they bought their West Coast house 
let's say five years ago, you wish you could have bought more stocks uh, the mm. way that the value of that property has gone up. So they've got a lot of nice equity, too, that they'll, when they sell that house, they'll bring over with them to Milwaukee. Dad, you want to guess uh, why they're moving to Milwaukee, by the way? I'm going to say to be closer to family. Ding, ding, ding. They have a one-year-old. They want to be closer to family. Wait, not that was the David, Brian, and Becky story. Yeah. 1989, exactly. we lived in California, and we said, you know what? We'd like to be closer to our parents exactly. and other family members, but mainly our parents, otherwise known as free babysitting. Proving for not the last time, interest rates have not and never will be the reason. So does this guy have a new job here, or can he work from any, anywhere? Or a woman, same maybe job. they're both working. Oh, same same job. job, actually. Uh, and okay. so and can work remote uh, for ah. this company. So so that was a relief, you know, because otherwise they, if they couldn't transfer their job remotely, then they would have to get a new local job. But thankfully, that wasn't part of the calculus here. Okay, okay so they're looking in the, I'm going to call it above 600 category. Okay, above 600 price range, all right. And... There, uh, they so this last weekend they were actively out looking. I think they texted me on like Friday, like, "Hey, we're gonna go see five houses today." Ooh! So they are like active, active. Good. And after they saw one home, we connected, and part of part of the overpay mindset, math, math mindset. Thank you, because it's not math. I asked them. I said, "How long are you gonna be in this house, or what do you forecast you're gonna be in this house for?" And the answer was at least 10 years. Okay. My response was the price you pay for this home, if your timeline is 10 years, the price you pay for this home is irrelevant to your life. Right. So let's say, let's just take your example of 600,000. Hey, if you overpaid by 10%, 660. And and then it really only appraised for six hundred to somehow verify that you overpaid, which it probably would not, by the way. Yeah. Uh that's only two years of appreciation at five percent, and right. and you're back. So it's like, you know, the other. I don't know if you did this with them, but what's the cost of not getting the house, right? The, the, <laughs> con- well, the, wait, the real the real life answer of not getting the house is I'm living in a small apartment with my spouse and one year old child. Ooh. Okay, so man, these people are motivated. Motivated, right? And like I said, uh, Tim has pointed out, and I and I use this as well. Maybe one of us stole it from the other, but that. Uh, so uh, the, the one home that they were looking at was listed at five eighty. Okay, I said, do you know what the seller really wants yeah, when they're I reviewing they offers? Yeah. Okay, what do they want? They want a price that starts with the number six. Ding, ding, ding. And so what I said to him was like, that's $20,000 to the seller. For yeah. you guys, it's 120 bucks a month in payment. Okay. And, to, and, and which is for amazing. For their income level and that, and that price house is not material. They'll be totally fine. And, and then you actually achieve the goal, which is getting into a house. There's no victory in coming in second place. You don't get to prove a point to a seller about the value of their home when you come in second. Yeah. No, you're just proving to your significant other that you didn't win. <laughs> and, and yet, I love this line, uh, you have to make your no-regrets offer. This is, I, yeah. if I get the offer at this price, I'm not going to regret it. And if I don't get it, I'm not going to regret it either. Yeah. You, you don't want to leave 
Mm, something Uncer- on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uncertainty? No, it's no, regret. Potential. That's yeah. why it's you called know, regret. The no regrets offer, yeah. All right, so what, you got anything else on this? Cause we no, go no, no, but that's what it takes to win. And I think p- part of the why I love working at Acunet and the advice we get to give is because we quantify what it would take to win. And is it, we give permission to people if they want to go win, here's how to go do it and feel okay about what it takes to win. Yeah. We can quantify the boogeyman and say, well, here's, here's how bad it would be if you, if this did come true. And then, then you can sleep easy. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's father's edition show. Happy father's day to all of us fathers out there. You've been listening to the academic mortgage and realty show on AM 620 WTMJ. The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Accident Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Accident Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.